Hey, this is Ed Stetzer Live, and this and every Saturday at this time, we have important conversations about culture, about the moment we're in, about how to live well for the cause of Christ, and really to live well in the midst of a tumultuous and turbulent time. And um, today we have two guests, so we're going to have a little extra time with them, which I which I love. It's it's a pre-recorded program, which gives us a little more time for me to ask some questions. And uh, our guests are we're going to be talking today about um, well, I guess you might call women and work is our theme, and we'll kind of walk through some content related uh, to such. They have a new book out, which I'm going to talk about a few times. Uh, and but in doing so, I want you to get a picture of uh, a question. A lot of people, you know, ask the question: What does it look like? For women to engage the workplace, what does it what does it look like? How should we we think about that as as well? And I, and I think people sometimes feel that question. I think uh, many of our women listeners feel this question. Just before we recorded this, I was having breakfast with my wife Donna, and and really you could just feel the importance uh, of this conversation. So there's a, a brand new book. Um, you can actually. Uh, pre-order, depending on when you know Amazon lists it, it's right around the time you'll be able to pre-order or go ahead and order it. And it's actually called Women and Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. And it's a multi-author uh, volume. The editor is Courtney Moore, and we have one of the participating authors as well. So Courtney Moore is the founder and president of Women and Work, an organization that inspires women to step into their God-given calling and view their work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. She's a former missionary with an organization called the International Mission Board, and she's a classical educator, and she's written content for Lifeway Christian Resources, the Gospel Coalition's Thorns and Thistles column. And Amy Whitfield, just full disclosure, my friend, former coworker, uh, she is now the executive director of communications at the Summit Church in Durham, North Carolina. She came to this role uh, after serving as the Associate Vice President for Convention Communications at the Executive Committee of the Southern Baptist Convention, and Amy co-authored a book on the SBC called SBC FAQs, uh, already referenced. She also hosts a podcast called SBC This Week, a podcast I have never been on. I just want It's an ongoing joke that I text Amy that I've actually never been on their podcast, but that's another story for another day. There's not a lot of bitterness there, but maybe... Maybe a little. So, okay, so our topic today is going to be uh, women in work, which is a strange thing because we don't have a conversation about um, men in work, We, but we do have conversations about – well, maybe we do, but maybe not in the same way. And I want to talk some about that because um, we're going to step in a little bit with the theological foundation that's there. I'm going to go first to Courtney and then to Amy. So in the book – uh, throughout the book, uh, keep in mind there are listeners. This is a multi-author book, and I think you'll be encouraged by the different angles and perspectives that are represented therein. Um, in the book, you talk about a theology of work. So we're going to get to women in work, but why a theology of work, Courtney? And can you explain that for us? Absolutely, uh, Ed. A theology of work is so important because all of life we tend to view life culturally in terms of sacred and secular. And a lot of times work gets put into the secular category. But as believers, we know that the Lord Jesus rules over all earth. And so all things come from him, through him, and are back to him. And so even our work can be seen in light of the gospel. And so it is sacred, no matter what it is, if it's ministry or not. And so we need a good foundation of the theology of work, what the Bible says about work. And I like to think about that really in terms of um, the broad narrative of the Bible. You've got creation, fall, redemption, and consummation. And really our work 
can fall into those four categories. So we see at creation, work actually began in the Garden of Eden right there at the beginning of the Bible before the fall. God gave Adam and Eve, both the man I do point out and the woman, um, work. He gave them uh, the creation mandate in Genesis one twenty eight, and they were both called to basically cultivate society, to have children, to cultivate um, a working society. And so that happened pre-fall. So we know work is good. And God himself in Genesis 2, I think it's verses 1 and 2, calls himself a worker. He says on the seventh day, he rested from all the work he had done as creation from creation. And so as image bearers, we reflect him as good workers. And then, of course, the fall um, tainted all of our work. Now our work is um, plagued with thorns and thistles and the frustration of how the fall really taints all of life and our work is included in that. But we have Christ who comes and redeems all things. He even redeems our work. And so our work now can be seen as a fabulous opportunity um, to really obey the first and second commands, to love the Lord your God and to serve your your neighbor, to love them as yourself. And so it can be um, a means of great good as we do it unto the Lord and offer the work of our hands to him as worship. And then we see at the end um, when the Lord Jesus brings all things back to himself, um, you know, the, the, the work began in a garden, the simplicity of a garden, but then we see in Revelation how really he brings all of this together into a city, the complexity of a city, the new Jerusalem coming down. And so all the work that um, we are about, in some ways, it's um, just a mere shadow of spiritual reality, but it is important. It does matter to what God is doing in the world. He's up to something in the world. And so the foundation of a theology of work is really essential to serve the Lord um, and work um, for His glory. Hmm. And women uh, Amy, can do that. Yeah, Amy, so I, I wonder, like, I mean, I, I don't, I'm African, I agree with everything Courtney just said. Um at the same time, I think it's hard for people sometimes to frame their thinking of work around theological categories. And I, I also think of my great-grandfather who you know laid brick on the Upper East Side of Manhattan and probably didn't have, you know, he didn't work a nine-to-five, maybe didn't have time to think even in terms of these categories. He just got through the grind. How, how, do, how do we help Christians think about work in these God-honoring and, God, and gospel-centered ways? Yeah, you know, actually one time I was, I think I had taken my son to the doctor one day and I started looking around and seeing all the people that were in there and what they were doing. And these, there were jobs like in the billing department or in the the person you would sit down and talk about your insurance benefits with. And I was struck by how many people were doing things that seemed really mundane, but if they weren't there, I couldn't get the help that I needed for my son. And there was so much value in what they were doing and in the way they actually contributed to these really needed things in our society. And, uh, and, and there's something that is important about seeing the value of that. But then we as believers recognizing kind of everything that we're reading something. I mean, whether it is, I mean, if it's laying brick, it's, it's for homes or for businesses. It's, it's something that contributes to everyone, to the town that you're in or to the city that you're in. And then I think we as Christians can kind of come and say, here's what I'm doing. If I'm teaching in a school or if I am um, helping, you know, in this service area, whatever. And I think a lot of times it's hard for 
church members or for people, especially if they're not doing something that is like ministry related or theological in a sense, they're almost not conscious of it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times we need that to be able to see and understand the value that we were placed to be part of God's mission wherever we are. And that actually includes just contributing in some of these simple things. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think, I think that's part of the challenge is that seeing what you do requires a different viewpoint along the way and it requires us to maybe see work differently. So let me go back to Amy and then we'll kind of bounce back and forth. But Amy, what's the difference between the way the world defines work and how God defines work? So I think the way that I would say it is often the what what the world is doing is work is defined for me. How do I get ahead? How do I get the money that I need? How do I get um, the benefits that I need? And all that's real. I mean, there is there's an economy that we're in, right? We have to do certain things to survive, and a lot of times that's what our our jobs are doing. They are providing for ourselves. They're providing for our families. But the way that God is is seeing work is something that's looking outside ourselves. It's valuing others more than ourselves. It's seeing what what we can do to contribute. And um, it is kind of an interesting thing that comes together, right? Because we we have to consider those economic realities. We have to consider our homes and the people that are in them and how we care for one another. But in one sense, I think we're supposed to see what we do as stepping out and serving the people around us. And then the Lord is actually taking care of us. He is clothing the lilies of the field. He is taking care um, of our basic needs uh, that comes through that, comes through the, the things that we do. And it, it requires a fundamental shift in the way we see, uh, in the way we see it every day. Good, mm. Courtney, what would, what would you add to that as, as well? We're kind of thinking through um, the idea of how the world differs in its understanding of work than the way God understands it. Right. I think the work, I mean, the world views work as just something you have to do. It's really a necessary evil. I mean, TGI Friday, we can't wait for the weekend so that we can put this work down and do what we really want to do. And that's just basically enjoy ourselves. Right. Um, and I think, Amy, what she said is right. Um, we work for a paycheck. It's just we just have to do it so that we can live or we can survive. Right. It's not really an opportunity. Um, to serve the Lord or serve others or even really steward your gifts or talents, right? It is just drudgery. Um, and so, you know, you really miss out on the opportunity of inviting God into it when you do that. And so whether you're serving God or serving others through your um, through clients you serve or even just sending an email, um, praying for that person on the other end of the email, sending it um, with a heart that says, you know what, I'm going to do this as unto the Lord. That really is a shift in our thinking um, as believers, right? And so um, it's also can be a great means of sanctification for a Christian because there are so many frustrations that come in to the day, um, whether you're working with technology and the technology doesn't work, or you're working with humans that don't cooperate with you the way you want them to. Um, there are so many opportunities throughout the day to just continue to renew your mind, put your heart back on the Lord and say, God, I'm yours. How can I grow like Christ in this moment and really honor him? even in small ways. We have, we have about a, a minute left. Would you kind of tell us a little bit about like the contributors? We'll have Amy explain her contribution, but, but you know, you, you obviously invited these people, uh, you work through Courtney, how it's going to look like, what themes did you want to cover in the book and how are they covered? 
Right. We have 10 amazing women who have contributed chapters to the book, many who I've looked up to and admired for a while. So it was just a real pleasure to have them be a part of this. And so we really start um, the book with a more theological foundation and move toward the practical. So we have someone like Elise Fitzpatrick, who um, I've known in the counseling world for a long time. She really lays the foundation of theology of work, whether it starts in the garden and moves toward the New Testament. We have Missy Branch really honing in on what it is to be an image bearer and um, really talk about Ephesians 2.10, where it says, you know, that we are God's workmanship created in him for good works. And so we work from a place of rest in him um, and our work doesn't produce our salvation. We do it um, as a, as evidence of our salvation. We have a whole chapter um, about calling. That's a word that there's a lot of mystery involved in that. So Courtney Powell talks talks through us about how to define your calling, how to discover it. We've talked about identity with Jen Oshman. Hannah Anderson contributes a beautiful chapter about how our physical bodies show up at work as females, as women. And so the embodiment of work is huge. Stewardship, Portia Collins covers that. We've got a whole chapter on motherhood and the mission of God, because this is obviously a huge topic for women and how can we think about work as mothers. And then we have a chapter by Joanna Meyer, who is a single woman who talks about the grief and the grace of an unexpected career. Um, and then working with men in the workplace. And then, of course, Amy has her chapter about growing and developing our gifts. And so we tried to hit on both the practical and the uh, theological. Good, good, good. We're going to continue our conversation in just a moment. Again, we're talking through issues of women in work. We actually mainly just talk about work. So we're going to talk about women in work as well. Um, and we're our guests are Courtney Moore and Amy Whitfield. When I come back. We're going to have a conversation a little bit with Amy about her chapter and a little bit about her journey as well, keeping in mind that Amy and I are friends and we've worked together, so we'll tie in some of that as well. This is a pre-recorded episode, but you can't call in, but continue to listen, and you'll want to share this episode with others as well. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Joining us for listening to a conversation here with Courtney Moore and Amy Whitfield. The title of their new book is Women in Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. And it's a good conversation. We just had Courtney walk through some of the content of the book, and then we're going to have Amy talk a little bit. Amy, what did you particularly write about and why? Yeah, so my chapter was on basically on leadership development and just how to grow as a leader, but not just as a leader, as a, a, a believer, as a disciple maker. And I think that is something that can be hard for women often in the workplace, especially if you're in a role that you're not even sure, is it okay for me to develop as a leader? What does it mean uh, to have influence and to, to steward it well? And, you know, I had some points in my career along the way where I, uh, I wondered, can I sort of step out there? Can I try to try to grow? What what would I even grow into? What would I do one day with all of that? And so the chapter traces a little bit of that experience, and then some of the things that I learned uh, in that in that journey, and I'm still learning. And so how sort of how I pursue leadership development and how women can do that. Yeah, and I, I did. Uh, you texted me a, the little brief excerpt where I didn't know that when Amy and I worked together, she used to. I used to be a vice president at a place called Lifeway, and Amy was. On, we were on a team together, and she would always see the uh, the books that the president and CEO Tom Rainer would send out to us to read, and she shared in the book that she would go read those books, and she was always developing um, as a leader. We actually started together a uh, women's. 
uh, networking and mentoring That's group right. while we were there at Lifeway. And I, and I think that was, you know, it, it, one of the realities is, is sometimes it's in, in Christian space and ministry, sometimes being a woman, a woman leader has its own unique set of challenges. So we actually, um, I think it was you and Carol and maybe Lizette who came to me and said, you know, we're not, we don't get some of the same opportunities. And so we created some some opportunities, but it did take initiative on the part of some of the women leaders on on my team to say this is an area we wanted to grow. And I, I think for for many became a uh, a key part of their own growth as leaders. And so I mean, so what would you encourage? This is the chapter you had. How would you encourage women to take up leadership development opportunities? So. One thing that's really important, and it's actually something I learned, uh, and I, I quote her in the chat, I learned from Selma Wilson, who was also at Lifeway at the time, that she would say to women, own your own development. Don't wait. Don't be waiting for someone to come and say, hey, you're a leader. Here are some things that you can do. Be looking for opportunities and go ahead. Start reading. Start uh, doing things now because they'll pay off later, you know, and, and, uh, what you were talking about that when the president would, when he would send articles out and I would see that, you know, that might be something that the executive leaders were doing, but I mean, why not? You know, if there's a Harvard business review article, that's going to be beneficial to them. It's got to be beneficial to me too. If nothing else, I'll know what my team is working on. I'll know what the company needs and it, it helps, but it also, build something in me as I go that maybe down the road I I will use in ways I never expected. Um, and so I think it's important. Women will often struggle with taking that initiative. Imposter syndrome can be really big and you wonder, is it okay for me to to do that? Sometimes that looks like getting a book on your own. And sometimes that looks like going to someone and saying, hey, can you help us set something up? so that we can develop together, you know, and in, in the, the example you gave, you know, you were, you were one who responded really well and, and invested in us along with other people. Uh, Courtney, I wonder too, and I, I'm, I'm, we're almost to the place where I want to get into the women and work part, though clearly that's a central part of your book, but there's so much here that men are listening to and finding super helpful, you know, own your own development, what it looks like to see this theologically as, as well. But one of the questions is, is uh, you know, what, what do you believe about the, how work and joining in mission and work, what does this look like for women? And why do we need a book written by women addressing women and what it looks like for women in work? Right. Great question. Um, well, I can speak from my own personal story. Growing up in the church um, in a very Southern context, um, I was really maybe not explicitly told this, but definitely baked into the DNA of my small town church culture was that really, if you want to be a woman who honors the Lord, um, there's a very, a very narrow lane to go about it. And it's really the two categories of motherhood and marriage. And so personally, I bought right into that and just had a very, like I said, a narrow view of how God could use me in the world. And you know, the Lord was kind to give me a husband and I have three children and I've been able to stay home with them and serve my family in that way. But it wasn't until later down the road that, I mean, after I had a master's degree that the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart and say, you know what, 
I might want, he might want me to actually steward some of that education he gave me. He might want me to steward some of the passions and skills that he, he himself has put within me. And so I feel like women have just been told a cultural message and then not really been given a ton of vision, Christian women in particular, given a vision for how to step into categories of work that can honor God. They've just never been told how their faith can intersect with their work. And so we want to provide that for women. We really want women to have a new way to look at their life. Oh, it's not so narrow. Look at all these broad ways. There are many, many avenues I can honor the Lord as a female, even, even through my work. Yeah. I just, this morning, like I said, with breakfast over Dawn, I was telling her I was going to talk to, to, to you two today. And, and she talked about, you know, our kids are just now, our youngest is, um, is 18 and now we're empty nesters. But, um, but for her, you know, it was a sense she was, when she was working, she, you know, would, would very clearly hear messages before we had kids that godly women didn't do that. Godly women didn't work outside the home. Uh, they stayed maybe, maybe to the point where, I mean, at that point it kind of comes in waves, but it was, they stayed home and they homeschooled. Uh, and that was the choice. That was the right choice. That was the, 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 really the only choice yet we look over 2000 years of church history. That's not what has actually happened in, and, and we look around the world. I mean, this is kind of a, a cultural reality that Americans, maybe the post-World War II uh, generation, maybe some before, got to experience. I mean, is I think I think everyone here would agree that it's a wonderful calling. And and just so we're clear, my, my wife did become a stay-at-home mom, um, and but also you know does work and we're in a business out of the home, things of that sort. But I guess the question is 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 this the only one path? I know Amy, you and I talked about this a lot when you were your kids were younger. You were we were working right. together. Um, I mean, you had to process through these things, often in an environment that was uh, critical of women working, and yet yet you did and you thrived in that environment. And in addition, you were a great mom. How, how did you think about those things and, and kind of maybe share your own journey, but then how should women and can women think about those things today? Yeah, you know, I, there was a point where I had to start realizing that the, the neat boxes and categories we want to put things in, they don't work that way completely. And a lot of times... I mean, there's so many different kinds of, of work. It, it shakes down in different ways. So, you know, you talk about, I mean, the industrial revolution changed so much about the way we even see work and home and, and things. I mean, I come from a line of uh, farmers, generations and generations of farmers. Um, and, you know, there was a day when the women, they worked. I mean, they were working on the farm. They were helping, you know, they were doing tons of things. They were running the business side of the farm that's, it was all sort of together. And then the kids were there, you know, when you have these, then uh, almost these different places in your life that get bifurcated, we start to put things in boxes and say, this is the only thing that's going to, to, to be the right way. It, it just doesn't, it can't shake down that way. So there was a point where I started to notice that working, you know, eight to five, was not, um, was not necessarily seen as a, a good thing, but yet there were women who, I mean, at one point when I was primarily at home with my kids, I was doing transcription jobs at night after they went to bed. Uh, you had women who worked in sales, you had, um, you know, kind of these multi-level marketing, which I know that's a, a conversation for another day, but you had women in sales. And so they're going out every evening to these parties and, and doing things and other women are coming and supporting that. And um, I started noticing everybody's doing this in different ways. And 
I'm not sure that we can say that, that this person who does it during this time of day in this way, and this is the way they've worked it out for their family. I don't, I don't think we can say that's not right. And this is, um, I think the heart and then knowing, you know, what, what you're after, what your mission is and how you are working together as a family to serve your family, to serve the Lord. Those are all questions that we have to ask as individuals and as believers, but the breaking down into distinct categories, I, I realized that wasn't sufficient. That wasn't appropriate. And, that, and so that kind of opened up a new world um, for me. And so when our kids became school age and they were they were going to to school. We had found a, a a great place when they were in kindergarten and first grade for them to to be there in, uh, in in Nashville, and this was a great that was a great place for me to be at, at at Lifeway and a great place to contribute. So our family we made it work, you know. And uh, I think realizing everything doesn't fit in in those boxes, mm-hmm. you know, was a key a, a key understanding for me. Yeah. And I think we, uh, you know, you and I had these conversations, I don't even know how, 15 years ago, whatever. Um, and, you know, there there was a time you wanted to be home and uh, mm-hmm. we, we yep. value that. You pick it when the kids are, are small and then there's other opportunities, situations change, economic situations change. You want to honor the Lord That's right. and all that. But what's different is, and maybe Courtney, have you kind of weigh in on this. What's different is, is I don't have to like justify that. I, you know, when we were in debt, I went and got two jobs. I try to get us out of debt. This was this was years ago, um, and nobody nobody questioned that. But but people would question the vocational choices. Uh, not not just. I mean, I, I think having good biblical teaching on the role of men and women is smart, is wise, is biblical. But people would you know question Donna's choice to work or not to work, or, or Amy's choice to work or not to work, or yours. And so I want to I want to press in a little bit on that when we come back in just a second. Let me remind you, you're listening to Ed Stetzer Live. We're having a conversation with Courtney Moore and Amy Whitfield. The new book they both participated in is Women in Work, Bearing God's Image, and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. It's a pre-recorded episode. It gives us a little time to go a little deeper. So stay with us. We're going to continue our conversation on the other side. Okay, we're back. Women in Work is the book bearing God's image and joining in his mission through our work. It's like, I mean, it's either, depending on when you listen to this program, if you listen to it live, it might be available. It might be a day or two to pre-order, but jump on and get a copy of Women in Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. Courtney Moore, who's the editor and author in the book, Amy Whitfield, one of the contributors as well. So, Courtney, I guess I was just pointing out a few minutes ago, minutes ago that um, that for me, you know, when we, I mean, people just assume that, and 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 really, I would say praise and affirm when I want to work hard, um, but they would have questions, and um, you know, and I, again, I'm I'm for teaching biblical values about men and women and work and those things, and but but people, you know, there was oftentimes people just kind of blurt some of their thoughts about these things as well. So I imagine that a woman in this space is experiencing reality differently, particularly if you're in an evangelical church. So. Tell us a little bit about how you navigate that and really try to help other women navigate that. It's a great question. I feel like I try to come at this with a lot of grace because I know that there are, you know, different thoughts on it, different convictions on it. And I do think that is the key word here, convictions, a lot of personal convictions on the topic. And so, you know, the Bible is pretty clear, has some explicit commands in scripture about a lot of different things, but how much and all of the details of a woman's work is not explicit. And so 
this is a subject that you want to give grace to people. There are so many factors involved in a woman's work. I mean, you and Amy hit on a few just then, but we, we've mainly, so far, I feel like in this conversation, talked a lot about mothers and whether or not they should be home with their kids. But, you know, we've failed to even mention um, single women who exactly. may never yeah. get married. We failed yep. to mention single moms who have been in some unbearable situations and didn't want to be divorced or, you know, maybe their own fault even. It doesn't matter. They, they're still having to provide for their kids and work is not an option. And I do think that the idea of work being something that is perhaps nice for women, oh, you've got your little hobby over here, but not necessary is faulty. And it's faulty in one sense because a lot of work is, is stewardship. Um, that this is what God put in me. And, you know, Paul says, what is required of a steward? That he be found faithful. And so we don't want to get at the end of our lives and stand before the Lord Jesus and be like the uh, the parable of the talents, that one uh, unfaithful servant who out of fear, you know, dug a hole and stuck his talent in the ground. And, um, you know, it didn't go well for him. It, it wasn't, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant for this guy. And so we want women to simply just utilize every ounce of their God-given potential um, it, that they can in the season that they can, is the opportunities that the Lord brings along. But I try to approach the conversation with a lot of humility and a lot of grace because not everyone is is where I am and where the Lord has brought me. And I understand that. And so we just want to provide women who maybe the Holy Spirit is stirring within them. We want to just give them a vision and here's some next steps you can take. Super, super. You know, my my mom is such a role model for me in these things. You kind of, when you walk through her journey, I remember as a kid, she started to go to college at night uh, when I was a kid. And I remember going to Stony Brook, New York University of Stony Brook, uh, sitting in her algebra class. I still remember some of the algebra equations because she couldn't get a babysitter that night. And then she went to college and uh, and eventually got a job as a teacher and eventually retired as a principal. And she's, she's a hero for me. I've seen, she was a single mom for a season and to walk through all that. So for me, having seen that and that heroicism that is my mom, single mom at times, is a powerful thing. But, but I, I do think the um, pressing through in uniquely in Christian space, we're, we're having these conversations in ways that the, the world may not value work the same way that God values it. But I also think um, the Christian church sometimes questions the value of women's work in a way that the world does not as well. So, Amy, is that, is that wrong? Am I, am I missing that? And if it's not wrong, how do you navigate that? No, and and it's interesting. You talk about the example of your mom. I will often think about my mom, who, are, you know, her whole career was in in teaching, and she was an incredible teacher. She was great. She taught first grade, taught all these kids how to how to read, and would have even have families that would sometimes transfer into her school district so they could have their child in in her class. So she was had an incredible reputation. She will say now she's been retired for years. She will say now that she remembers people would ask her like they, maybe she'd be somewhere with my dad and they would say, do you work? And she would answer, no, I teach. Like, oh. she, like she didn't, what she didn't think of it, of it as working. She thought, no, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't work. And it hit her later. No, actually I am aware. It's like she saw career woman and almost like I teach, I I've, I'm home with my kids in the summer and I'm just a teacher. That's how she saw it as something less. Um, and I, I think it was almost like she didn't see that she was a professional and she looks back on it with some regret about, you know, her mindset. 
And I think there is something to that, that it's, it, there's a, a moment of feeling like, is it okay for me? Um, not just to work, but to love what I do and to see it as a calling, you know? Um, and I think as we talked about some of those putting things in categories or, or something like that, or feeling almost like, well, there are people who have to work because of their, their circumstances when honestly, I mean, like we just said, we're all called to work, whether it's, um, where we are in our homes at the time or where, where we are, have opportunities open up for us from our gifts and from our strengths, um, whether it's my mom in the classroom or, or whatever it it's, you have to really change your, your mindset because there's a lot of fear that can come in. We don't want to be doing, you know, what is wrong. But when you look in scripture, you see Lydia, who was, um, a seller of purple cloth. I mean, she was doing things. You see the, the Proverbs 31 woman, which is kind of a poetic explanation of something, but it honors work in it. It honors the, the woman that is doing things and contributing. And so beginning to see that and recognize that's a good thing. It's not just okay. It's not just permissible. It's good. Mm. And, and the, and the Proverbs 31 woman could be very intimidating to people, but the poetic nature of it is important to note. It's, 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 it's praising attributes of this, of this woman that, uh, hard to do all those things at once, uh, but yes, but, yes, you cannot, it, you cannot. <laughs> but it, but it shows them as good qualities. It yeah, says exactly. these are good; these are praiseworthy things. Yeah. So, so work is good. God um, created us for this work, and and that's a key part of the book. Again, the book is women and work, bearing God's image and joining in His mission through our work. Now, uh, we talk about work as good; it's part of bearing God's image. You heard Courtney talk about how God did work, how work came before the fall. Those were all she was making a theological case early on. If you're joining the program late, go to edstetzerlive.com. You can re-listen. Also, share with others as well. My guess is a lot of people will be ministered to by this program. But also, too, I mean, it's a very long subtitle. Might I complain? Women in Work, Bearing God's Image, and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. So let's talk about, though I'm complaining about the length of the subtitle, let's talk about the part of uh, what do you believe the the mission of God looks like uh, for women? Is it different? Is it the same? How is it similar? How does it relate to work? Courtney, we'll start with you. Thanks. Yeah, it is a long subtitle, but listen, it's so good, right? It's so good. It is. It's so good. I like it. Um, <laughs> no, the mission of God. I mean, immediately when I hear mission of God, I go to the Great Commission, right? Um, that we're to make disciples of all nations. And um, that's the mission of women. It's the mission of men as well, um, that no matter what we're doing, we are to be on mission for him. And so um, I feel like I'm a broken record here, but we can do that in our work, whether we are explicitly sharing the gospel with our coworkers. Um, and maybe you're in a work environment where, you know, you, you just don't have time. You're, you know, it's just not a place conducive to actually speak the gospel, but listen, you have lunch break, you have, um, after hours that you can uh, become friends with these people. And, uh, hopefully by the witness of your life, uh, they will be drawn to, um, what what makes you different and what stands out um, in your life, and hopefully you'll be able to share the gospel with them. So obviously that's our greatest calling. We have a lot of lesser callings in life, and whether that be um, some of the things we've already talked about, um, some of the roles we carry, some of the people we serve, whether that's our husbands or our children or um, just even in our church. And so 
um, the mission of God is, is to be all for Jesus, to live all for him, all of me for all of him. That's kind of my phrase. I just love thinking about a life of worship, Romans eleven thirty six to 12, 1, followed back to back that all things are from him, through him and to him. And then Romans 12, 1 is present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And this is your uh, spiritual form of worship. And so I love to think about offering the work of my hands, offering my feet for the nurses, you know, walking down the, the hallway of uh, the hospital or our mouths, whether you speak or sing or talk, whatever, whatever God has given you to do, we want to offer it all back to him as worship. Um, and ultimately for the glory of God and for the advancement of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Good. Amy, what would you, what would you add? Cause I, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a missiologist. So I, when I hear being on mission, um, I recognize work vocation, part of that. I recognize her in the gospel as Courtney said, is part of that as well. Uh, I'm also intrigued how, uh, cause there are some unique ways that you've articulated women in around that space. Yeah, so, I mean, there's an understanding that we are sent everywhere we go, right? That, uh, you know, Jesus said, the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And a lot of times, particularly for women, especially, I mean, we're in this space now where there is a conversation about women and work happening in the broader culture, right? And it's it's the one that's kind of trying to help women feel at home in the workplace, but it's doing it in a sense that we're we're the ultimate end of that, where it really is about our own ambitions. It's about you know, uh, you can finding ways to have it all, which is not really correct, especially not all at once. But um, but understanding that you know our ultimate goal is to be like Jesus, and uh, the church's ultimate goal is to join in His mission and make disciples. And so everything that we're doing in some way is seeking that end. So it means that our work is never in vain. Now, it may mean that, um, you know, for me, as you mentioned, I'm on a church staff. And so it's pretty easy for me to see what I'm doing every day, uh, contributing to that mission. You know, I have other people that are in the marketing world or the communications world that for them, where they are helping, either helping their organization be better, speak better, that that's a contribution to whatever that organization is doing uh, in society. It also is a place where we are able to make disciples where we are, where we're able to connect with people. And uh, it helps us, you know, oftentimes go places, go all over the world. So I think that a lot of times women can again, when we're thinking in boxes, can start to say, there's not a lot that I can do. Uh, There's not a lot of ways for me to be sent. And the reality is that's just not correct. Like we are all uh, called to be disciple-making disciples. And um, I think we can see our calling to the work that we do in that lens, uh, to ask the question, how can I be making disciples as I grow uh, as a leader? Yeah. Okay, good. And growing as a leader, I love that. That's a key part of your chapter as well. Um, And we'll continue our conversation with both of you in just a moment. We have one last segment left. We're talking to Courtney Moore and Amy Whitfield. Their book is Women and Work, Bearing God's Image and Joining in His Mission Through Our Work. An important conversation. Lots of good, helpful authors in there as well. Uh, We're going to continue our conversation. Again, this is pre-recorded, so we get to go a little deeper. We'll continue our conversation with Courtney and Amy in just a moment. Stay with us. Okay, we're back. We got one final segment with uh, Courtney and 
Amy, uh, Courtney Moore, Amy Whitfield, Women and Work is their book. Uh, Courtney's the editor of the book and a contributor to the book, and then the, Amy's one of the uh, chapter uh, authors. And uh, I've known Amy for years, and so I was happy to have them both on and have this conversation. Um, okay, so one of the realities is women experience a different engagement with colleagues uh, and the workplace. Um, and, and you know, sometimes that's framed in different ways, but certainly sexism, uh, different expectations and, and more. And I think even talking about that makes people nervous. But I think we we just I mean, I, I don't know, like I have, I'm married to Donna and I have three daughters and all of us have all of them have experienced something like that uh, in in a, in a workplace, whether it's secular or Christian, that it's just it's it's different and has a different set of challenges being a woman. Courtney, what what advice would you give? Uh, and what observations would you make in and around this topic? Right. It's a huge topic. And I think that many women who have tried to step into a work, <clears throat> excuse me, many women who have tried to step into a work category um, that is maybe atypical to what has been seen as feminine have felt that pushback um, from both actually men and women. And so for the spaces that I feel like the women in work audience runs in, you know, we are mainly complementarian. We affirm, even our organization affirms that, you know, we should have qualified men leading as pastors and um, husbands in the home. And so we affirm that. But I will say that we we had a pastor come on our show, the Women in Work podcast, and he was talking about this. And instead of really pastors and even some leaders calling out women for their gifts and really calling that out and saying, I see this in you. You are gifted in this way. You are strong in this way. Instead of calling that out, exposing that and affirming this in the women, I feel like a lot of men in this space have felt instead threatened. And I'm not exactly sure what that fear is. I'm not sure what the threat is about because most of the women I run with, you know, we aren't trying to pastor churches. Um, we're happy to submit to our husbands in the home with their um, loving leadership. And so, um, but we do run against that. And so I just want women to follow the Lord, to not be discouraged by voices that may not be from him. And I feel like there is a fear, even before women have stepped into sin, um, there's a fear that they're going to, right? There's a danger there. There's a, there's a um, sensitivity there that, oh no, this might cross the line. So we better keep women back. And I just, that is not of the Lord. That is not the freedom that we know in the spirit. And so we want women to fully follow Jesus. And if he is leading them into a work environment, follow him by faith. He will provide, he will even provide the encouragement you need as you take that step. Hmm. What would you add, Amy? Uh, Cause I know these are, I mean, these are challenging things. Now, now part of the reality is though, you can, you know, uh, uh, in a Christian community of women who attend church regularly in the United States, two out of three go to churches that might be broadly defined as complementary. So it's actually, the majority view among regular church attendees. Um, yet, we still have to acknowledge that that doesn't mean that that workplace dynamics, right? You know, I, I, I work in an educational institution. We, we, we want to value, uh, and we should value in every place, the contributions of women that are there. You may have different views of what ordained ministry looks like, but we want healthy workplaces that value the contribution of everyone, women and men, and that's not always the case. So what what should we do? How should we care? How should we respond to that, Amy? Uh, yeah. So one thing that I think has been huge for me in really the last few places that, that I've worked, and I, I have worked in, on some teams with, honestly, really great male colleagues who have done a lot to make space for me and, and things. But it's important to have 
really open communication about that because there are things that can happen in the workplace that are just strange. Either, you know, someone doesn't want to meet with you or uh, they assume you that, oh, Amy's the the woman, so she'll do these things. Um, and, you know, what you want to do is you want to be respectful in the moment. You want to not, you know, cause, because we're called to be humble as as Christians. We're called to be willing to do whatever and we're called to, to, um, to be kind and gracious to one another. But also, you know, maybe after the fact, I would have a really open, open-handed conversation with one of my colleagues or with my supervisor to say, Hey, you know, when this, when this happens, um, that's not, that's not a great welcoming environment for the women. And if we're wanting to add more women to our staff, if we're wanting to bring uh, women's voices into the room, we need to be watching out for this. You know, um, I think, you know, one of the examples that gets used a lot is, how men have spaces, they go out on the golf course or they go uh, fishing together. So they get to have a lot of interaction that women maybe don't get to enter into. And I will say it was very important. I had one, um, one team I was on that all of them were very quick to remember. They never made business decisions without me that if they went somewhere and they socialized together, they they never would let the conversation get too far. They'd say, we need to talk to Amy. Some places are, are, are not like that, but we had this open communication where if I had gotten cut out of something or um, was being treated a certain way, I was able to, to talk about it with them. I think that's really important. Um, and to make, to make space for those conversations uh, for, for the women on your team. Yeah, and I think that's key. And I think I think everybody can do that in all different kind of theological persuasions and traditions. And if anything, the last few years have taught us is that we need to hear the voices of all of God's people, men and women, uh, in in all different theological traditions as well. So 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 again, I, I think that's an important part of our conversation. Uh, Courtney, we've got about thirty seconds left. What encouragement would you give women as we kind of close our show together about women and work? I would just tell them that the Lord has a great purpose on this earth and you are a part of it and you are not a small insignificant part of it as you lean into him and as you walk with the Lord Jesus and remain in him and abide in him you can have a great impact in the kingdom of God even if you don't think it is even if it's small and tiny and mundane you matter to the Lord and you matter to what he's doing in this world so go for it good 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 we're going to continue our conversations every week with good programs like this as well. My guess is that some of you listen to this program and you'd like to listen to it again, or you might like to share it with somebody. Let me encourage you to go to edstetzerlive.com. All the links are right there. You can actually share the program with others. You can listen again as well. Let me encourage you to get the book. It's either just out or about to be out. You know, the timing of that depends on the publishers, but super close timing as well. But you can also pre-order the book and I encourage you to do so as well. Let me thank my team here of amazing women leaders like uh, Karen Hendren, our producer, and Courtney Young, who's our engineer as well. They do continuous great work. Next week, I'm going to talk to Ben Connolly. We'll talk about ways we can misread and misinterpret the Bible and how we can see the Bible through God's intended lens. To hear today's program again, again, go to edstetzerlive.com. Remember that Ed Stetzer Live is a production of Moody Radio, and Moody Radio is a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thanks to Courtney. Thanks to Amy. Thanks to our listeners. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>